Do you want to know why I prefer to watch a movie at a theater over watching a movie at home? Don't get me wrong, technology is great, and I do love re-watching an endless category of movies at home, but it has its disadvantages. The theater eliminates a big element most don't even think about, your phone. I know I'm not alone in this, but I am a person who will pause a movie at home before it really even gets past the opening credits. I'll do a quick IMBD or Google search on the cast or any movie details. It's a gross habit that I must admit, I incorporate with every new movie I watch while at home. But there's something to be said about being at a packed house at an opening night for a new flick, or even an empty theater on a Tuesday afternoon all alone if that's your fancy. Either way, you are immersed within the film. I don't know if there's anything supernatural about it, or if the fact your body has no choice but to react to the 65-foot screen playing out in front of you. Not to mention a surround sound blaring at a decibel no home theater could ever match. Also, who wants to pay 15 bucks to sit on their phones and piss off fellow moviegoers with that ever-glowing light that even when camouflaged is still a dead giveaway? I think we can all agree that most people fall into the film and follow the rules, and this is great when you can find a show like this. Because I can tell you another disadvantage to the whole internet while watching feature. Old films become sad. Because many of the times I will look and see a large portion of the cast has passed away after all these years. And it's not that I couldn't assume that an old movie doesn't have people who have passed away, but the truth of the matter is, you watch it differently knowing that this is their body of work that they left. Unfortunately, that truth even applies to directors. And that's the case for today's film, from my all-time favorite director, the guru of gore, horror master Wes Craven. The reason I think his movies work so well was the fact that he found a way to apply family roots, Americana suburbia within an exploit picture. It made audiences involved. They related with the characters, which kept them engaged during the assault on screen. One of the best examples of this is the film we are discussing today, the 1977 classic, The Hills Have Eyes. The simple tale of a family who gets stranded in the desert and has to fight off a group of mutant inbreds to make it out alive. Being in the middle of nowhere at someone else's whim is terrifying even to this day. But while we are on the topic of phones, could you imagine being stranded in the middle of nowhere without a phone? I think it's safe to say 75% of the younger generation would be put in a situation they've never faced. This flick has lived on for decades with drones of fans returning year after year to watch this summer horror. Beyond excited to talk about this one with you guys and it's been a long time coming. So here is our take on The Hills Have Eyes. Welcome to the Sloppy Horror Podcast. I am your host and your scary movie companion, Christian Ramey, and back again for another week, clapping them cheeks, Mr. Ozark Mark. He's the best producer in the world. If you haven't met him yet, well, now you have. All right, the greeting part's over. And uh, we're right here in the middle of a warm summer, Mark. Big movie today. This is a summer movie. It takes place in the heat. And I know you don't really like the heat. But it also has German Shepherds and Angry Dad freakouts, so I don't know. I've been really excited to talk about this with you. So what do you think? What do you think? What's going on over there in your brain? I think Ozark, Mark. I think we are ready for a classic here today in the summer uh, series. I hate summer. God damn it, it's hot. I'm already sweating. We have just started. But that's okay. I got antiperspirant. We are here. Mm-hmm. And ready to bang out another one here in the Battle of the Summer Festivals or whatever the f- Summer of Horrors. Yeah, that right. That that's it. So we are talking about 1977. Way back then, way back then. That's over, over four. That's forty something years old. Yeah, bro. Forty something years old. Still talking about it today. That is the one and only Wes Craven's The Hills Have Eyes. The hills have eyes. It's just fun to say. It's a fun time. It's like the the people under the stairs. The people under the stairs. It's hard not to say it like that after you say it. But the hills have eyes. Kind of like I try to do the old like you know the the guy with the deep voice that did the commercials. The hills have eyes. You know you try to like make it sound scary, like it's a scary trailer. I think you'd be better off doing Sandra Bullock. 
Hey, it's the Hills Have Eyes. I'm not in it. I'm sorry. A lot of people probably don't find that funny, but for some reason, (laughs) (laughs) I find that hilarious. And dead on. Thank you. So, folks, before we jump into the synopsis on this, uh, I mean, honestly, this is a pillar of horror here. We're talking about Wes Craven. So, before we jump into this, I want to give a nice little reminder to each and every one of you guys. We pride ourselves on being a show that doesn't water ourselves down with advertisements, and we know that you guys like that, too. And um, honestly, I could say we're pretty thankful that we stay uh, stay afloat through our bonus content on our Patreon. If that sounds like something that interests you, you can support us for cheaper than a cup of coffee and, um, you know, just a bunch of bonus extra shit on there. I believe uh, there's over 20 hour-long episodes on there. Is that correct, Mark? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's good stuff. So, folks, if you're looking for a cheap, fun way to support the show, we appreciate it, and some bonus content, check out patreon.com slash sloppyhorror. All right. Back to The Hills Have Eyes. The Hills Have Eyes. What a title, though. It is. That's a strong title. I mean, it's been out so long that, like, your brain just kind of skips over it because you just r- know the movie. But if you really think about that, that is a badass title. It is a badass title. There's some kind of power in it when you say it. If you haven't said it out loud before, say it out loud a couple times. Yeah. You'll be empowered. So, Ozark Mark, here's what's going on. I'm going to lay it down for these people. All right, I'm going to lay it down for all these folks out here because they need an explanation, right? They need an explanation. We need a synopsis. Well, we have a family, all right, and they're on vacation. And, I mean, it's kind of a, they're not little bitty kids, okay? We're not dealing with little baby kids here. So we have the two daughters, Lynn and Brenda, and Lynn is played by the legendary D. Wallace, by the way, all right? D. Wallace. They're like in their late 20s, 30s. Anyways, they're riding with mom and dad, like, you know, in their 60s, and it was a vacation thing. They got their boyfriends with them. Lynn has her baby with her. It's like back in the days when they'd load up the station wagon and attach a trailer to it. You know, the good old days. Speaking of which, I forgot that a station wagon was fully capable of pulling a trailer. I know, dude. Them things were hosses. I know. Those were hosses. Built to last back in them days. Yeah. So, you know, Dad's rolling along, he gets gas, they go to a creepy gas station, which, you know, nice little foreboding, happens a lot in scary movies, creepy gas stations. It's just a part of the, you know, it's part of the DNA, if you will. Well, they get moving on, because they're looking for some old, like, mining site, Mom and Dad are. They're looking for some old mining site. Well, out here in the middle of the desert, nothing really happens, except there's, like, Air Force testing. There's, like, giant jets flying around, and... If you've ever been around a jet at all, like like first person kind of experience, it literally vibrates your whole body. You'd be sh- you would be froze in fear if one of those was like coming down to attack you. Dude, well, when they're that low, I mean, you know, here in America, if you've ever been to a like a Labor Day sporting event near that or some kind of remembrance of America, they fly like six jets over the stadium. It's loud as hell, and they're still way up high. Like, you these f- were right down about to drop bombs on these people. Like, oh, my. Yeah, so that's what happens. My, You know, Dad's, which in a very funny moment, Dad's having a freak out. He's telling everybody, shut up, you know, be quiet. And then all of a sudden, this jet comes in pretty low, and it freaks out the whole family. Baby's crying. Dad's instinct is just to speed up, and they start going fast. They end up getting run off the road. And um, their tire goes out. But they're like in the middle of nowhere. So Dad's like, all right. They all end up kind of splitting up. Dad's like, all right, I'm going to walk back to that creepy gas station, which was like 20 miles away. All right. Uh, Everybody else just kind of held post, tried to figure out what to do. Um, Well, all of a sudden, a mutant family comes out of the hills and starts fucking with these people. And they're like cannibals, and they're also just like this weird... It's reminiscent of that, like, Sean Bean story, I think it is. Like, the old Scottish family in the medieval times. Like, this was, like, a real thing. They, like, people thought the place was haunted, but it's really, like, his, like, inbred family, and they'd come out and eat people. Um, Sean Beanie or Sean Bean. I don't, I don't remember his name, but I know it's based off of that story. And these are, like, a weird mutant family, and uh, eventually, at one point, they get a hold of the baby... People end up dying. Lots of stuff going on. So we're going to get into all of it. But I think that's a pretty good synopsis of what happens in The Hills Have Eyes. they got to fight off this mutant family while they're stuck in the desert. Yes, that pretty much sums it up. Pretty much sums it up. 
you very know, good. I just there's something about the feel of this movie that is uh, very much its own. It has its own atmosphere. It has its own pulse. It just has its own energy. A lot of those older horror movies had that. Yeah, and, and like it, you don't get that with the new age horror movies, shooting in like sixteen. Well, yeah, I think they're like thirty five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, thirty five now. I think. Yeah, I mean, just that feel just feels more horror than a very clear HD camera. Absolutely. You know? Like you don't get the same feeling as it. Like you're watching this, and now it's hard. It's a little bit harder to watch it these days because it's from seventy seven. So mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to appeal to everybody. It's, it's almost like you want to watch, watch on an old bubble TV. Yeah. I don't mean to cut you off, but it is weird watching it on the flat screens because you're like, this wasn't made for this. No, it like kind of looks even more like shit compared to what it should be. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, you get that feeling. You don't get that feeling from new horror movies. Like, watch this. If you just turn this on at any part of this movie and some somebody came in, never seen it before, never heard of The Hills Have Eyes, at any point in this movie, they can walk in, see how it's filmed, see the quality of it, everything, and be like, is this a horror movie? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Is this a 70s exploit horror film? Yes. Right on, sir. Man, you <laughs> hit the nail on the head there, pal. And, I mean, once again, we're talking about Wes Craven. I mean, he started with, like, The Last House on the Left, which is brutal. You know, he had so well, I'm not saying that's his first film project, but, like, the first horror hit that he had. And then he tried to go back and do some normal films, uh, you know. It happened with all of them. Toby Hooper, um, Sean Cunningham, even uh, John Carpenter. All of them tried to, to step outside of horror. Then they realized this, this is home. Home is where the heart is. And that's what he did. He came back and followed up with this one. And it's like in your face. There's like some, uh, I wouldn't say, uh, here's the thing with newer movies, like when you're dealing with like rape, I'll say it like that so it's not as, you know, mean. But rape. Yeah. Well, you know, you can't just say it hard, you know. You got to say it nice. <laughs> you can say it hard. Yeah. You can't say it with a hard R. He's raping his girl. Yeah, that's that sounds. But there are, there are a couple, uh, or, or how TikTok, a couple SA scenes like the sexually assault. You know, they'll put SA. <laughs> There's a scene in here where that's happening, but it's very much implied because you're not like it's not as brutal as Last House on the Left, the more modern version. You hear grunts and shit, like you know, yeah, this, you this just, isn't. You just you just hear screaming, somebody on top of them breathing, and you know they're in missionary. So that that's all you need to do. I mean, honestly, if you're gonna have to put rape in <laughs> a movie, that's really the way to do it because some, I mean, some people are into rape rape scenes. Some yeah. people are not into rape scenes. I'm not personally. I don't need to see all that. Like it's I, I don't like, just, either. But like when it's done, like it just has to be done tastefully. It can't just be like uh, exploit for exploit's sake. Like sometimes, like when you have a, it makes sense with this mutant family trying to like breed and like make this. You know, sure. it made sense. I believed that's what they were going to do with the girls. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you would, you felt like, oh shit, these girls better get the fuck out of here. Like pretty city girls, like with these mutant people, like get get out. Yeah, you, you put know. two and two together. It's that's pretty much what you're gonna get. If my lady was in that situation, I would be coming to the rescue because I would be, have a few thoughts on mine of what was about to happen, and that would be top of the list. So, you got a little bit of that going on, but there's just a carnage, a level of carnage, like without kind of care, like they're just. And it, it looks a little dim in modern comparison because obviously practical effects, uh, even just stage blood looks a lot better now. It just looked, I mean, the, the blood in this looks like, you know, very much. Um, <laughs> it was kind of half and half. Like some of it kind of looked a little bit more like real, like it was leaning towards the real blood and some of it looked like the red paint. Yeah, it looked like the old Dracula movies, yeah. you know, the Curse was, of Frankenstein. It, it was kind of a weird mix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is good, though. Yeah, yeah, I mean... F- for me, it still works in that aspect just because, um, I mean, I watched this a lot growing up, so obviously I'm talking from a biased standpoint. But, like, watching it now, it just has an interesting look because the violence is different. Like, it's a, it's got a different pace to it now after watching. Like, if I go into a Conjuring movie, I know, like, okay, here's the pre-scare, here's the calm down, okay, here's the pop scare. Like, you understand, like, the recipe for it, how it's going to happen. Like, oh, I heard a noise. Then it's just the cat. Oh, it's just you, Marbles. And then, bam, that's when you fucking get got, like, after you get calmed down. That's when you get got. That's exactly what happens. And it's a, 
that's classic. You know, some pop scares, I think some people are like, yeah, they just don't scare me. But I think your body understands the formula. Like, you understand the pacing of the movie. You know when it's coming, so it's if, just not as, like... If you watch enough horror movies, yeah, you will understand. Because it's all... There's three different... Basically, three different formulas. Yeah, and then another is, like, the, the, the shot... Where, where you're not getting much of the shot. You got your character, but you can't see behind them. Like, you just block out vision. Classic. It's just, it's just how things work. So you know when that's coming. But these older movies are usually like they were the kind of pioneers making that recipe. And sometimes it's just got a different off paced beat to it where you're like, yeah, I just wasn't expecting that. Like honestly, the the whole R V situation, how that went down, I mean I'm I'm going ahead and saying like this is my that was my favorite part. Um, like the showdown where they all started fighting and the mom got shot and mm. You, when she grabbed a broom. Bro, I thought I, that was going to work. <laughs> I died. She just... I don't know. These guys have guns. They're trying to rape us. Let me get the broom, and that will get it. Like, let me, let me lay this down. Like, somehow the family got separated, and they left the RV, but there was still, like, the mom and Brenda were in the RV, and the, you know, the mutant family goes in there, and they have them, and then all of a sudden, Michael Berryman... The guy who plays Pluto, he comes out and runs away as the girls are coming back. And they're like, oh, shit, somebody's in there. And they run in to check on her sister, and there's another guy in there. <laughs> and he's holding their baby, right? And it's like the <laughs> – this one was Mars, I think, that had her. You know, he was holding the baby, right? Mm -hmm. And Dee Wallace walks in, and she's like, what are you doing with my – what are you doing with my baby? He says, get out of my way, bitch. <laughs> like, get out of my way, bitch. <laughs> like – the way he says it is just funny. They end up in a tussle. The baby falls. Baby's okay. Baby's like, she, you know, it's a safe fall. All right? The baby's cool. But then the mom walks in and sees what's going on. And she just immediately picks up this broom and starts hitting this guy in the head. And you're thinking like, well, you know, if you got hit with the stick of the broom hard enough, that would hurt you. Not the stick of the broom, folks. The broom part. She, like it was a raccoon on the porch. Get out! Just starts smacking him in the face with it. And then this motherfucker pulls out a gun and just blasts her in the chest. And if you go slow frame on her getting shot, she's like... Ooh! <laughs> just, it is so funny. And it like, because you're just not expecting all that to happen in that short time. You're like, hold on. First off, I wasn't expecting to laugh like this. He got hit in the head. She just shot her. Just like, fuck you, bitch. Get out of my way, bitch. <laughs> like, I, it, it's so much for my brain to take in. But that's a lot of the reason why I like horror movies is the unpredictability of it, even the dialogue and just the weird feel. If I watch older movies, even if, you know, they're not horror, sometimes I could still predict it. Like, you know, A Wonderful Life, yeah, you just understand it's going to be a, a good ending. Christmas is going to be good. Like, you get the formula, but horror movies, they're just a weird beat to them. And this, if someone were to say, what's kind of a... Uh, a weird, uh, you know, kind of horror movie like that with weird rhythm, weird timing. I'd say The Hills Have Eyes because it's just shot so different. Like the the it it was just different. Even with the dogs, I love the dogs in this. Oh, the dogs! I'm torn between two favorite parts. Uh, I love I love the dogs. I'm glad not both of them died. I get it. It's a horror movie. You know, animal eighty percent of the time gets it. So you know, but at least the dog. Uh, I think his name was Killer. Or whoever well, there was them. Beauty and then there was Beast. Well, it was Beast. Yeah, yeah. it's a Beast. So I feel bad for Beauty. I have a German Shepherd myself, so that sucks. Mm -hmm. But Beast, on the other hand, like his little shove kill that he did. Amazing. And then I love how he takes out, I think it's Pluto, right, the ball guy? Yeah. When he starts taking out Pluto slowly and keeps biting him and fucking with him. Dude, his ankle oh, my fucked God. up. That yeah, looked dude. really good for yeah. 1977. It really did. And Beast just, Beast came through and uh, he was the hero of the movie, really, so. He was. He took a, a gunshot and still lived, bro. Oh, yeah. Like, he was. He was I, a beast, for real. Now, let me ask you this, Mark. I feel like if I were to put that movie on in the background with your eyes closed, you can hear a German shepherd whine. Oh, my God. Dude, no. They, they See, have a certain level to them where they're, like, the so German, alert. The German shepherd whine is the realest thing in this world, okay? If you have a German shepherd, you already know what I'm talking about. If you have a German shepherd that doesn't whine, uh, that's not a German shepherd, okay? Because <laughs> that whine... 
I permanently will hear this wine echo echoing in my life, probably for the rest of my life, because I've heard it for like seven or eight years straight every day, whining about something. Like that German Shepherd wine is real. Yeah, and, and like so, so when I, I was watching dogs. this movie, I couldn't tell if it was the dog on the screen or my dog <laughs> whining. I'm like, what's wrong, Trigger? And she's just sleeping. I was like, oh, it's not you. Fuck my bad. <laughs> you know, sorry. I, I believed every bit of that though, because those dogs took off. They're like, fuck this. Like mm-hmm. my people are in trouble. They they do have a persistence with them of course she does and then when they whine they know there's something she, they're trying to tell you something or something is irritating because she'll just sit there and whine at the door i'm like why are you whining at the door like there's nothing in the doorway like why are you obviously it's a cat because she can hear a lot better than me a cat's doing something that's not supposed to do because german shepherds love to be the hall monitor right herders she's the hall monitor like every time i yell at another animal she there's backing me up like yeah 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 what he said get him mm-hmm. she does that shit yeah, very similar scene followed up 10 years later in The Lost Boys when a nook pushed the vampire in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we got the one that looked like Twisted Sister. Well, the nook helped us. <laughs> like, he just came in and got the dog launch, man. Yeah, absolutely. And another, my other favorite part was when it's after they wrecked and uh, the dad is just <laughs> out there. He's just sitting there. I think he's smoking. He's just staring off at the desert like 30 years on the force. I've been shot at, stabbed, whatever. All else he says, he's like, and the thing that takes me out is my family and a camper. That's <laughs> <laughs> my wife and her goddamn directions. <laughs> yeah, man, he just made it for me, too. Like, it, he was really funny. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not an Ohio State football fan. I don't like Ohio State, but Bobby is an Ohio State fan. Well, he has an Ohio State shirt on. Okay, so maybe it was ironically because they're from Ohio. I don't know. But he kind of had to be like the hero of the situation. You know, he had to um, he had to overcome at spots. He was kind of annoying. But then, you know, uh, what I found funny about it was how Doug at the end, and the dude just looks just like Ringo Starr. He, he had does. that, like, Ringo Starr, <laughs> bon- Sonny Bono look. He looks look. like Uncle Rico. Yeah, dude, bro. <laughs> I like how, you know, they each kind of had their own little bouts with the people. That was fun uh, in, in that aspect. And, you know, they eventually overcome, and they, they take these mutants down. They kill their asses. Yeah. You know what I don't understand? What? Who... In the hell, tells their family that him and his wife needed a little alone time and go bang in the back of the station wagon wagon that's attached to the camper. I don't know, Who does that? That's kind of weird. Like, your family is right outside. Those windows aren't tinted. The station wagon is connected to the camper. So any movement that you are doing in the act is also moving the camper. And not to mention he's told, you know, Doug, who's going into the sack, that's what he said, right? He's talking, or with Lynn. But Lynn, that's that's Bobby's sister, right? So that's Bobby's sister. And he's like, where are you guys going? The station wagon. Why? You know. (laughs) (laughs) who does that that's so weird and the sack I couldn't do it like maybe in the middle of the night when everybody's sleeping and you're quiet about it yeah Yeah. but not when you just like after you wrecked and you're in the middle of nowhere you wait a couple hours like we gotta go in the back of the station wagon in the sack (laughs) in the sack Uh, they were boinking I guess because you have to. Making whoopee. I guess it's, I mean, it doesn't make sense in this, but it would have made more sense if they would have went somewhere in the darkness behind mm-hmm. a big rock and did it, you know, and then one of them got killed or something. That would have been more horror, horror movie. Like, I guess you had to put sex in there or something. Maybe. I was like, that's fucking, I, I just saw it. I was like, that's fucking weird. That's really fucking weird. Uh, you know, uh, Judy... The late, like, the, the creepy girl. Like, well, she wasn't creepy because she kind of helped at the end. Yeah. She was, like, a part of the family that tried to get away. Let me, uh, you know, she's been in quite, I'm sorry, Ruby, not Judy. Um, she's been in quite a few horror mo- movies. Like, and she was in Toby Hooper's Eaten Alive. I mean, she was in a lot of horror films at that time. <clears throat> but even though I wouldn't say it's, like, top-tier acting, she really is a place in a horror movie. So... Ruby, man, she was a cool character to that. She was like added 
she was the one person of the family that like wasn't a complete piece of shit. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just kind of fun to me, and the, I, I think it's cool when uh, you know actors can go from. I mean, she worked with Wes Craven and Toby Hooper. Oh, like, I thought she. Yeah. Was, I thought she was one of the best actors in the movie, mm-hmm. not compared to uh, whatever the uh, blonde daughter's name is. Brenda. Like, yeah, Brenda, the smaller one. Dude, her scream. Oh man. Ear piercing. It goes on for a while in this movie. And it's an older movie, so the audio is distorted because we don't have fancy electronical equipment like we did for recording. So it's just an ear piercing scream. Yeah, it peaks everything. Yeah, it peaks like every everything. Like red line. Like, oh man. Not to mention Sometimes like, that's when it gets a little bit hard to watch there. It's like I understand like this is a horror movie, you gotta scream, but damn, that peaking is not good. Yeah, man. Not to mention, she's like the worst girl you want to be with. Like, like Bobby, like had to be so mad. Bobby, he's shut off, bitch. Like, he, like <laughs> he just had this mind. Like, he didn't have no choice. He wasn't allowed to overreact. Right. He had to be the man. He had to be the man. He had to, he had to be the big strong man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like. I, I just like that man. I always. Wes Craven usually has that, where the family overcomes. Yeah. Um, even in the hills, I mean, obviously, Last House on the Left, even on Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, Dad comes and finds Mom going to the bed with Nancy. They save everything. You know, it's a family affair. And Scream, boyfriends breaking through the girlfriend's window, also on Nightmare on Elm Street. He has a lot of similarities. You like his movie Red Eye? It's a thriller. Who comes to the rescue at the end? It's Dad and Daughter combo fucking up the killer. And I like that. There's a point because he goes real exploit and he goes real like raw and real fuck you, like in your face. What are you going to do about it? But then it ends with like kind of on a good note, sometimes very dark, but like in the sense where usually the family comes out as the winner. And I like that. I love them old movie ending because this is from 77. I love how this movie ended. It's so funny to me because like it ends with uh, Uncle, we'll call him Uncle Rico because I forget his name in the Doug. movie. Doug. Yeah, Doug just, you know, beating uh, got the last mutant guy, like killing him. And then, yeah, and then after, he's stabbing him. Yeah, yeah, after the last stab, it just goes red and it says the end. Yes. <laughs> That's it. There's no, uh, there's no watching them how they get out of there. Nope. It's just they kill him. The end. It's over. Like, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the end. <laughs> When's the last time you watched a movie these days that ended with the end? Yeah, Never. usually, usually like, Tarantino will do that or somebody trying to, like, you know, nod to an old film. But, yeah, it's 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 very rare. Yeah. I like how, you know, they open with all the credits, and the old films just had a touch to them. Even those old Hammer films, dude, the score comes in so loud, but you just know it's a picture, man. They have all the actors laid out. You're like, all right. And which is kind of nice because you know beforehand you're like, well, these are the actors' names. Like, all right, I don't know. That helps for me, or like the character names, so to speak. Because sometimes, man, people are like, all right, bro. And you're like, what was it, Joe? Bo? What's that guy's name? Who the fuck is that? Like, you just forget certain names very easy. I'll do that with subtitles on certain, like on like some Lord of the Rings or Game. Of, I mean, I'll watch subtitles a lot, but like especially like some Game of Thrones shit, bro. There's no way I'm going to be able to process what the hell you just said if it's a very fictional thing. I'm like, what the fuck did he just say? Oh, okay, I can read that. I know what that means. You know, I can like put that together. I know how to say it now. So you know, that's what that's what ended up happening. Mm-hmm. I like how mm-hmm. everybody in the mutant family is named after a planet. You got like Mars, Pluto, Mercury, <laughs> <laughs> and then, then there's just Ruby. <laughs> like, That's not fair. Oh man, what was the part of yeah? So this random part just had me dying laughing. Who's the? I don't remember the, her name, but it's like the older white lady that's kind of dressed like a, a Native American in there. Oh, the mom in there. Yeah, yeah the it's mom like the in mom there. of the family. Yeah. Yeah. She's just sitting there laying down, and I guess Ruby took the baby, and Mars, I'm pretty sure it's Mars, came running into the cave, and she just jumps up like, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) She just popped up like Undertaker in her eyes of, what's going on? What a weird little family, man. Uh, uh, What a bunch of weirdos. What a bunch of fucking little weirdos. Great makeup work, too, on the dad. I loved his split nose. I thought that was really cool. That was very cool. I liked Grandpa Fred. The guy that ran the uh, the gas station. He was the one responsible for the family. He made that family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grandpa Fred. Yeah, he gave a little backstory when, you know, because the guy got, the dad got back to the gas station, and when he did, the old man tried to shoot at him, and then the old man tried to, like, hurry up and try to 
off himself. And he's like, get out of that rope, goddammit. <laughs> like, he's just like yelling at him, like, get down from there. Tell me what's going on. <laughs> like, they had, I don't know. They just had such a tone to it. That's what I love about it, the whole dad freak out. But that motherfucker, uh, you know, while he's talking with Grandpa Fred, he gets snatched up by uh, by Papa, what, what, uh, Papa Jupiter. That was the main guy's name, the guy with the split nose. He comes through the window in like a classic window jump through scene. It's like Jason's done it. Many people have done it. It just looked awesome. He comes through and, you know, pulls Grandpa out. He fucks him up. And then when Dad goes out, <laughs> Jupiter gets him too. But they eventually end up roasting him alive like burning him alive <laughs> unless they get him on the ground and they're checking him it just camera goes to him and there's just slight smoke coming out of his mouth yes <laughs> like <he's> just roasting <laughs> the mom did a good freak out right there oh yeah she did that's not my mama she said that's not my mm-hmm. husband or whatever it is yeah, yeah she did a, again she... audio peaked a little bit rough yep a little bit rough on the ears there it hurt my years. And that mom, she was like, uh, her name is Virginia Vincent. That was the actress's name. She's passed away now. But she did like the Return of Dracula, like, you know, some old like Hammer flicks. She was pretty hot back in the day doing Dracula flicks. So also her. well acquainted with horror. And wow. I like that. And, you know, Michael Berryman, he's had a career in horror. But he, he was born, obviously, he says, like, with 26 birth defects. Like, he doesn't have sweat glands. And, and you know, but Rob Zombie's incorporated him in movies. And he's just a, I don't know, he's uh, he's also a part of horror history. And I like that. Pluto's a cool character. He's oh, yeah. kind of cool, man. Yeah. I like their little outfits. Kind of Mad Max-like. It's just got, I don't know, it's got a cool feel. Because love, you believe how people could be out there I like love that. how they have walkie-talkies. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't expect them to have walkie talkies for some reason. I don't know why. They had the technology. I didn't expect mutant mountain people to have walkie talkies. Mm-mm. Like mm-hmm. List of things I think they would have. Just eating people. They were going to eat the baby. I know. Well, it's probably like veal. You know what I mean? Like a baby cow. Is That's that probably how they were looking at probably, it. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Eat baby things all the time. Baby what toes. You, what do you think eggs are? Baby chickens. I ate eggs this morning. Eggs, 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 eggs. How you like your eggs? I either eat them scrambled or sunny side up. Okay. Yeah, sunny side up when I'm feeling a little. I like over medium. Over medium. Over medium. Mm-hmm. I'm sure those are good too. Dude, yeah. eggs, I'm starting to be a fan of eggs on burgers. Never was at first. The egg on a burger. It's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Egg. <laughs> okay. Now. This is great and all, but there's uh, a couple things that we need to get into and learn about this movie, who, since we're getting all informative here on this episode. Okay. Welcome to the What Do You Know here. This is a segment here where we're here to tell you something that you may or may not know about this movie, The Hills Have Eyes, 1977, by Wes Craven. Now, if this is your first time here, this is how this is going to work. We're going to tell you things we know about this movie. Now, if you already know things that we know things on this movie, then you're going to have a regular we know gasm. But if you don't know what we know, you're about to find out what we know, and then you're going to have a great we know gasm. Mm-hmm. So everybody's still going to be satisfied, just some of you might have a little bit longer pleasure than some others here mm-hmm. with these facts in your brain that I'm about to just shoot right in there. But first, why don't you okay. tell me something that you may or may not know about this movie. Look here. I am looking. So that if it makes you feel any better. I hope not. So the part in the movie where you would say that would be the hardest for people to digest, you know, the sexual assault scene. The rape. Yes, exactly, that part. So, here's what happened. That was like the first day of shooting. So they really got the business right away, okay? Literally. But there was like a sheet in front of the actors. So you have Michael Berryman, he played Pluto. Uh And then uh, Susan Lanier, she was the one who played Brenda, right? Yeah. 
So they decided to break the ice and get everybody, you know, going on set. So when they were about to say action, they pulled down this sheet and those two were making out like heavy passionately. They were making out because you know they're not supposed to be. It was supposed to be like the intense scene or whatever. They weren't. They were just making out. And then, you know, it was like a rip. They were joking with everybody. It was supposed to be a rough scene, and they were sitting there acting all romantic, making out. Oh, they so, went HBO at midnight on them. Yeah, yeah. You know, they went a little soft core. They went sweet. They went, you know, seventh grade dance. They went... Uh- <laughs> They went delicate. Yeah, yeah. You know, but they, <laughs> they were, were pra- they went what teenagers do in their room with their pillow. Yeah, because even like in a the movie, there's not sh- it doesn't show them like lips to lips at all. So like they weren't expecting that. They thought it was you know he's gonna be like ah rough and erupt. That's talk not about what they saw. Talk about a surprise on the set here. Hey, surprise! No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so sur- what do you know? Hey, sur- hey, surprise! Hey. I got a surprise for you on something that you don't know about this movie. Check this out, right? So, okay. you know, at the end of the, at, towards the end of the movie, the last, last little bit of the movie when they're, they're in the final showdown, right? Doug and uh, uh, Mars. Doug goes into a bunch of rattlesnakes. So rattlesnakes have a thing to do with the end of this movie, okay? Rattlesnakes. Scary. Now, if you don't know much about snakes, see, I don't know much about snakes, but I know for a fact that a rattlesnake is probably venomous. Mm -hmm. And they can probably bite you and kill you or severely injure you without medical attention, correct? Now, you would think, you would think that if we brought rattlesnakes on a film production set, we would have professional handlers, we would have a medical with an ambulance in case something goes wrong, they might have de-venom snakes. You'll need like a, a Manny from the, you know, what was that show? Wild Boys. Wild Boys, or yeah, Jack that's what you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you, you need think them. there would be a Manny there? There's not, they just did it. Those were real rattlesnakes, were real venom. There was no medical staff there. In case something happened, they just did it. Like the actors were doing the snakes. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine getting they an actor grabbed, to do that they now? They just grabbed the snake. Ruby grabbed the snake. I don't think she had any prior experience. She grabbed the rattlesnake. And that, that was it. That's fucking scary. That's scary <laughs> okay, in a movie. That's really fucking... That's the scariest part of the movie. Now that you know even though it's real, now it's even worse. I'm never going to look at that scene ever again the same way. No way. Because you think it's a movie that protected somehow. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Those were real rattlesnakes, my friend. I, I can't top that. Those are some good two facts there. I know. Two you, facts is all you need. Two facts, all you need. Right, yeah, right there. That's all you got. Yeah, right up in your cornhole, into your brain, we just did. How you like that? You like that. Now, now, are there anything, you sure you don't know any other facts of this movie? You like to say you're done, but then you come in with another fact. Are you sure you're done? No, I'm done. Okay, I, I'm done too. So, uh, yeah, we're going to go now. Yeah. All right, see you later. Mr. Rosark, Mark. Yes, hello. What do you want? I want to know, do you think if you were perhaps double dating with another couple, would you survive this situation? Uh, yeah. I think so, too. Like, now? Like, yeah. now in present day? Like, if we plan this trip? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Uh, because I would have had my gun on me, and my wife would have had her gun on her. Yeah. And that's a full clip of 12 shots. We shoot regularly. One of our guns even have lasers on them. So, uh, we would survive quite easily. Yeah. I think so, yes. Yep. Besides, I would never leave the camp. Camper. Anyway, at night, no. Mm-mm. Mm. No. I would go in the daytime with a gun, not at night. In the middle of nowhere, no. Probably not. The only thing I'd I say, would consider is going underneath it just to keep an eye. I would just say, let's build a fire. And wait till dawn. That's it. That's it. Yes, I would easily survive the situation. I think so too. Did they have a? Did the mutant? Did the mutant family originally have a gun too, or did they find that gun? I it was forget. their gun they took. Oh, there's their yeah. gun. Okay, yeah, they only had a six shooter, too, a revolver. So. But I imagine it's like you know some Texas chainsaw shit. After some while, you're gonna you know you're gonna accumulate a certain amount of vehicles, walkie-talkies, weapons. Sure. I, I still I mean I can't get over their first. They just had a cool outfit on, man. Like if a dude if 
if Pluto came up to you, you'd be like, holy shit, we got to get out of here, dog. Yeah. Also, I never, I probably would have never been in this situation because I would have never sped up and continued through a air bomb field. Mm-hmm. As soon as I realized it was an air bomb field, I'm turning around and going back. What if our wives were driving? I would get out of the way, move over, get out of the car, and to go around. I'm taking the driver. I'm getting this fuck out of here. Yep, I think we could have made it out quite easily. But you know, these are just fun things to evaluate. Do you want to know not to not to be like an asshole or anything? But th- I think this is like going to be would be a real legit thing to watch on TV. And I think a lot of people would do it. You take uh, like random uh, female drivers. Not professional, just everyday random female drivers, okay? Put them in a car without a backup camera, okay? Put them in a car without a backup camera and have different levels of reversing, (laughs) and then you will find a winner. Like, the first level is a straight driveway. (laughs) Two of them are gone already. <laughs> now we're yeah. down to eight. Now we're gonna do a driveway with a hill, <laughs> still reversed back. Now you're gonna have to pull it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a great idea for a oh, show, Mark. It is. I'm telling you. Now you're the gonna. The final have... test is parallel parking. Oh man. And city traffic. <laughs> Dude, that's hard for some people. Now everybody, parallel parking is the hard one of the hardest things to do. I believe. Yeah. It's the most pain in the ass, at least. But, like, after you do it, you know what you're doing. No, maneuverability with the cones, that's the easiest shit in the world. Yeah. Easiest shit in the world. You pay attention to one mirror the entire time. As long as you're close to the cone, your cone is close to this mirror, you're not going to hit anything else. You're good. You're good. You're good. You get wheel to wheel, you line it up, then, you know, you find your pivot point, you get in there, baby. You get right in there, like, swimwear, baby. Uh huh. Yeah. And then you hit both cars. That wouldn't be good. Would not be good at all. Nope. I'm surprised the station wagon didn't last for more. But you know, it held up at the end a little bit. They made they made some kind of contraption to trap that guy. Uh, you know, they trapped um, yeah, Jupiter are... with a it was like a almost like a steel cable kind of lasso that they put on the empty wheel well, and they just floored the gas pedal and that you know. Yeah, that was a up. that was a very creative trap. I like how they put the mom at the dead grandma out as bait. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and they're like, we can't even do this. She's like, shut up. <laughs> but that was a creative little trap, and I like the blowing up of the camper too. That was another good one. Have the matches on the floor. Very mm-hmm. creative way. To uh, get them, I love that. Yeah, they I told that was good. They said like we don't really know how far everybody needs to back up because we don't know how big this is gonna be. It was just like we're just gonna blow it up. Yeah. We're gonna see what happens. There's no way he survived that anyway. Let's not be ridiculous. Yeah, that was a massive explosion. It was. Bro. You were was dead. <laughs> he was. Them. He was opening the door to the thing that exploded. Like flames completely would have gone around you and you would have been dead. Oh yeah, the explosion would have, the shockwave would have destroyed you too. I love how Papa Jupiter is running, like when he's running towards the camper, him and Jupiter, he's just like, <laughs> like the. <laughs> I know. I want that like as a like as a poster, like them two running. I would definitely. People are like, "What is this? An Indian truck?" You're like, "No." Hills have eyes. Is this a war chief? No. Hills have eyes. No, that's Papa Jupiter. Did you enjoy the remake? I didn't hate the remake, so. I like the look of the mutants better in the first. I like everything about the first one better. Uh, but did it pay homage to it? It did. It had a definitely a different feel to it, though. Well, like that's it, what you're gonna get when you recreate movies. I mean, you got you add your little touch to them, no mm-hmm. matter what you do. If you remake something or continue something, you know. That's Sometimes what it is. they can catch that like same you know same wavelength as at least the franchise. Where you're like, okay, this feels like it. It just felt like a completely different movie. Like, almost like you could have named it something, and it would have took me a while to be like, oh, this is kind of like Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. You know, like, you know it's, it's hard to match the magic of anything. Mm-hmm. You can't recreate something. You can only pay homage to it and make a different version of it. You can't remake something. It's not remake. True. It's a new version, really. Um, speaking know, of which. What? Speaking of which. What? It's time to rate this movie. Let's do it. Hello there. 
Welcome to the official Stamp Up In Your Ass Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. Okay, this is the great segment where the horror nerd himself, Mr. Christian Ramey, rates this movie on a horror scale that he has created for the ultimate things that make a horror movie a horror movie. What the fuck are you laughing at? I just thought when you said horror, like when I just waved, could you make a thing that says nerd? <laughs> like, <laughs> way, that, like when I waved that, I was like, he's about to put nerd above me and point at me. <laughs> like, Stop adding from there. Yeah, I'll do that. So it already happened, but we're talking about it in right. this weird time. Stop doing that. Now, where was I? Yes. So we're going to rate this movie in a series of three, four categories. Three of the categories were three points. Last category is worth one point for a total of... Ten points altogether. That is correct. So, Christian Ramey, let's get into the first category here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, and that is casting. So this one I really find split up the middle. There's some really good acting, and then there's kind of like... I don't want to say atrocious, but just like subpar. Um, but, you know, it's a 70s exploit picture. I mean, I imagine everybody got paid in a pack of cigarettes and some McDonald's. Like, I don't, like people probably didn't make much money from this. So, you got Dee Wallace. She's a legendary actress. Like, I cannot say, like, there's no good actors or actresses in this. Michael Berryman was great. I, um, I don't, I, who, who the hell played Papa Jupiter is the question. I don't, uh, I don't even know that guy's name. But I thought he did a good job, too. Um, so the mutants were great. I thought the dad was great. Mom and dad were, like, realistic to me. Like, they felt real. Like, that couple really felt married to me. Like, at least they portrayed that very well. Um, but I feel like it's kind of, like, right in the middle. So, like, because the it's a 70s exploit picture that was meant for drive-ins. So, like, the acting isn't superior. I mean, I thought even Grandpa's Fred... When he was talking to the dad, kind of like telling him the story of how like his wife had like a mutant baby that was, you know, Jupiter. And then, you know, he dropped him off in the desert and he just has this guilt because he knows what they've become. And I don't know. I thought that was kind of a great scene. But I, th- I think one and a half is fair. One and a half. Yeah. So far on Stop Your Podcast rating. Let's Does get that into... feel fair? Yeah, it's fair. Group that. Okay. Let's get into the second category here in a Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, and that is kills. Hit me with it. Feeling too. I mean, there's just a quite a wide variety, and you do get people burned alive. Dude got, like, staked through his hand, like, crucifixed, you know, crucified. Um, I mean, we got some stabbings going on. We're getting attacked with a rattlesnake, some stabbings in the leg. People are getting shot. Um you know, you have to, I think we have to put in perspective that this is 1977. And, like, if we saw this in 77, this would be Saw. This would be, like, the, there There was no, like, match level. I mean, there were movies that were definitely a lot more rugged, but not in the mainstream culture. So, I just think there's a wide variety of them, and they're unexpected, like, in a, in a way to me. Like, um, I didn't expect them to be fillet, like, burnt alive, um... That dude falling off a cliff. Uh, you got a little humor kill in there. You got some serious moments. Like you said, the ending. Like he stabs him like mad, a mad amount of times. Yeah. Um, but for me, I don't know. Uh, what do you feel? You feel it's either a two or a one and a half. Like for me, it's it's also getting like right. I don't there. know if you're putting it into perspective. Oh, as a '70s picture, it'd be two. Mm-hmm. If you're talking nowadays, it'd be one and a half. So. Do you want to go from this perspective of when this time frame was, or do you want to go in the perspective of today? I want to go with two because I'm not doing your parental guy dance, but I'm just saying, like, if you had a young person or a person, like, there's a wide amount of, like, gory shit going on, and including the S.A. scene, you know? So it's like there's just, like, a wide... Right. Ac- yeah, and it's not a kill, but it's, like... It's pretty, like, it's graphic. It's visceral. It's sure. in your face. Yep. So, Okay, so two. Mm-hmm. So that's three and a half so far here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. Let's get into the final three-point category here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. And that is fear. So we're not going to rate this as 77. Now, in 1977, what did everybody not have in their pocket? 
a cell phone. That's right, Mark. It doesn't matter where you're at now, pretty much. You're going to find bars or at least an emergency line, or you're going to find a way to put your phone in a spot where it can get bars. Somebody's going to have a hot spot. You're going to be able to figure this shit out. It's like the Titanic. Like, I mean, yes, that's terrifying still, but, like, if your boat goes down, literally everybody on the boat can make a phone call and be like, hey, we're sinking. (laughs) Like... Everyone would know. There would be a lot of, like, people aware. So city folks traveling into rural areas, I mean, that's why we get your Texas Chainsaw Massacres and whatever, and there's still a freaky element to that. Like, wrong turn movies still exist. There's still movies that can play on that. But for me, I'm thinking it's a one because that still exists, being stuck in the middle of the woods or, you know, some people are messing with you or in the middle of the desert, some place that you're just not... It doesn't have a McDonald's up the corner. It doesn't have an ice cream store up the corner. Like, you don't have, all you know, the gas station. Everything that you're used to in your life, you're able to go to, that's not there. So that's a little freaky. Even if you do have a phone or whatever. Maybe if it was the strange occurrence where they couldn't get signal or whatever. Okay. That'll get you a one. That'll get you a one. All right. So that is four and a half out of ten. For the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, let's get into the final one-point category for half a point each from me and you, which is rewatchability. Wes Craven's my favorite horror director, so, so I can always watch you. his films. Yeah, so this is a yeah for me. So obviously for you. Mark? It's a classic, man. The Hills Have Eyes. I'm sure there's some point in this movie. My life, I will be rewatching this movie again. It's going to pop up. That's fair. But it's just, again, it's nothing, it makes things rewatchable because it's not an intense story. It's kind of mindless, really, half the time. It's 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 plain and simple. It'll make you family laugh. Get, family gets stuck, mutants try to kill you. That's it. That's the basis of it. So things like that are more rewatchable. Yeah, and I guarantee you'll laugh. Yeah, so that is uh, one and a half, two, three and a half, four and a half. So it's five and a half out of ten. For the Hills Have Eyes, 1977. On Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, officially. That's fair. Man. That's fair. Man. That's fair. It's a very fair score for for this movie, yes. I think so, too. Because, obviously, um, Wes Craven dominated for 30 years. I mean, obviously... In the 70s, I would say this picture more so than the Hills, I mean, than the last house on the left, excuse me, than obviously, you know, 1984, Nightmare on Elm Street, just dominated, just dominated, right? Dominated a landscape. And then, obviously, in 1996 with Scream, he just, he, I mean, he, he managed to, like, really have three three decades of, like, flexing on folks. So when he was first coming up, He's just trying to make some films, you know. You're pulling all these strings together. And that's where it sometimes, I think people fall victim of criticizing Rob Zombie, too. They don't realize when somebody's passionate and they're making a lot of this on their own dime, it's supposed to look like some shit you ain't seen before. Like, even in House of a Thousand Corpses, like the scenes like where Otis is with the cheerleaders or like the scenes that feel like they're shot on a handheld camera, it's because they are. Rob, like, had to shoot some scenes with his own camera in his house. And then he says, going back, he says, I think I like those scenes more than any of the others because they just look different. And I agree with that, man. Like, I think, obviously, this film is one of those films. It wasn't meant to be critically analyzed at a very deep level when it was made. It was just made to, like, maybe this will work. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Man, let's try this. Yeah. This yeah. might work. Who yeah, knows? let's put some crazy shit in here. Let's make it work. And that's Wes Craven. That's Wes Craven, baby. But he really has always been, uh, even though I mentioned the America or like the Americana um, family thing that he does, he, he's also pretty dark, man. Like, even think like how he played it out in Scream. Like, all right, you got Sydney, her mom died. He's been breaking her balls that she won't put out because she's still, you know, mourning over her mother's loss. On the anniversary of her death one year later, he reveals that he killed her, and now he's going to kill her. (laughs) You know? It's like, Jesus Christ, Wes. Like, fuck, dude. Like, like you're you're damn, bro. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you all right? 
He just like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like, I like that. That's he likes to assault the audience. That's one of his premises, and I kind of like that sometimes, man. It leaves you walking away, even the people under the stairs. Another banger, dude. He just, he, he has a crown in the genre. Okay, I'm not. It, whoever is your favorite's all subjective. You know, if you're like John Carpenter's the best, Toby Hooper's the best, Dario Argento, whatever, doesn't matter. I get it, but for me. This rep his oeuvre of work fucking represents my childhood. Like, if you pick out any one of his movies, it's just like, yep. I just loved his work, and I fell onto it really early. So, yeah, man. Rest in peace, dog. He gone. He did. He had died. He's not around anymore. Mark, we're getting to the final moments here. I want to know what your final thoughts, all right? What's your final thoughts? Because we do have a parental guidance, but we're running close on time. So maybe you could just like hit me real quick. Just hit me. How old? I missed you, mister. Mr. Mr. Rosak. Tell him if you're old enough. How old? To watch that scary stuff. Shit. For the parents who give a Yeah. So you want to know how old? Let's see here. Okay. Yeah. Real quick, real quick, rapid fire, baby. There is some reap, but it's very subjective. Uh, could go right over your head. Yes. If you're younger, no nudity, violence, dog, dead dog, uh, burnt man, same as the, uh, probably about 14. That's a good age. 14. Probably 14, and you'll be fine with everything. And besides, young people aren't going to want to watch this anyway. Yeah. Unless they're like a cinephile. Their attention span is the size of a peanut. Like, they will be away from this instantly. If you could get a kid younger than 14 to watch this movie, I will applaud you because there's no way you can do it anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. No way. So I like that. 14. That's a very fair answer. Absolutely. Folks. I'm not putting 14 kids on the screen. No. Dude, no. T- I did that last Can week. Can you just put you... like a moody 14-year-old on the screen? <laughs> 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 All right, that's better. Because I- I'm still weird, though. Like, God damn it. Can we get some like 18-year-old movies or something? Because I'm telling you, when you Google pictures of kids... You don't feel right when you do it. You well, you could just type weird. in like emo kid now. You know that that works. You know that. I guess so too. But it was up there and it's there. So rock and roll, big <laughs> kid with a 14th birthday cake. <laughs> 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 All right, man. Well, yes, we are. We are coming up on the final moments here, Christian Ramey of this episode, folks. We... Any uh, final thoughts, Christian Ramey's final thoughts? Go. I live. Breathe and sleep horror. This is my life. This is what I do. From sunup to sundown, I just, you know, think about horror movies. It's my only family. And I will do this no matter what, till my heart stops. But if you're looking for a fun way to support the show, don't forget to visit patreon.com slash sloppy horror. And for less than a cup of coffee a month, you can uh, support us in a fun little way and get a bunch of bonus content and you can help us support our dream of Ozark being the best producer in the world and me being the nerdiest of horror nerds in the whole entire world. We couldn't do it without you guys. So if you've made it this far, seriously, thank you. And if you can't, doesn't sound like something you like, that's fine. You just make sure whatever platforms you're listening, you're following, leave a review. Those me, I mean, I'm not asking you to lie. Just, you know, leave reviews. Those really help. Um, Obviously, we're on many different platforms. So, you know, you get 10 seconds in your day, scoot your little ass over to YouTube, type in Sloppy Horror Podcast, just add a subscribe. That's all it takes. It's free, and it helps us out. So, couldn't do it without you folks. And, I, you know, we got to pay it forward and let you guys know that. And we thank you for returning week after week, letting us talk about spooky shit and uh, honestly laughing our asses off. That's what I like. Ozark Mark, is there anything else you want to, you know, sprinkle on the cake there? You want to light a flame? No, there's nothing at all. There's like three monitors behind, behind me. It is hot in here. I am dying. Feeling so. hot, hot, hot. <laughs> I don't know why. I get so hot easily. It sucks. I know a bitch about it all the time, but god damn. Like, I cannot wait to turn the fan on and get more water because... This is what I've been given, folks, okay? <laughs> if you're on YouTube, you see this? This is like a mouthful of water in this bottle. This is what I get. So that's all my final thoughts. But thanks for joining us again once again. We will be back next week with another fantastic f- movie for you in the summer series if you're a current listener. That's it, folks. Good for you.
That's it. That's all we got for you. I'm out this bitch. <laughs> <laughs>